Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I'm glad you're joining us for our next episode, and I hope that you did your homework. Last week, you were to write vows to yourself. If you feel comfortable, you can share them with a friend or a loved one. Uh, If you'd like, you can even email them to me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Most importantly, from time to time to take them out and read them to yourself because the vow is to yourself. All right, well, let's get started. This week, we are focused on shedding shame. Sometimes I say scatter the shame. Whatever it is, we need to get it off of us. And so before we start to tackle this topic, I want us to take sacred pause and we'll do a guided meditation, which is really about coming home, coming home to yourself. And so I want to encourage you to sit in your chair with your legs uncrossed and your arms uncrossed. If you're comfortable, you can close your eyes. If not, you can lower your gaze to your lap. And just begin to center in, focusing on your breath at your own pace, paying attention to your inhale and your exhale. And as you continue to focus on your breath, start to scan your body, noticing the places where you hold your tension and giving yourself permission to send breath to those areas, releasing tension from your forehead, relaxing your jaw, sending breath to the muscles in your neck and shoulders, continuing to breathe into your upper back and lower back, releasing the tension in the pit of your stomach, releasing your hands, sending breath all the way through the legs, down to your feet. As you take in the breath and become aware of the sensation of the air flowing in and out. So we set intentions on today of releasing the shame that's in our bodies, the shame that's in our hearts, the shame that's in our thinking, the shame even on the soul level, that it does not serve us, it works against us, and it becomes a barrier between us and our home. 
And so just begin to get a visual of it falling off of you. Just begin to get a visual of seeing yourself emerge out of that shame that has been overshadowing you. You'll see those waters passing, those waters parting, seeing the cloud over you shifting, and even the weight that you have been carrying, seeing yourself lay it at your feet. And cleansing breath. All right, you can open your eyes. So let's begin to look at this idea of shame. And I want you to know that there is a difference between shame and guilt. So we feel guilty about a behavior, something we did. Shame is about feeling something is wrong with me at my core. Because some people, when they hear us speaking against shame, will say, oh, you know, well, shame is good. And some people ought to be ashamed of themselves because they've done shameful things. So what I want to offer to you is there may be things that you have done uh, that you regret. There may be choices that you made uh, that did not honor you the values you want for yourself, the integrity or character you would like to live with uh, that don't reflect your highest self. And yet I want you to know you are more than your decisions. You are more than your choices. You are more than your behaviors. So there may be things. And for all of us, there are some things. That's what growth is, where if I had to do it over again, I definitely, absolutely would not have made that choice. And yet, I make a decision to extend to myself grace and compassion to not continue to beat myself up and punish myself some of us have been living in time out. You are so ashamed of who you are that you have not given yourself permission to be great, even though that is who you are at your core. And so being able to distinguish behavior from identity is very important. So when we teach parenting classes, we will tell parents, you know, you want to say to a child uh, that a behavior may have been bad or um, not nice or that that wasn't um, a good thing to do, but I'm not saying that this child is bad. We want to be really mindful about labeling people um, at their core because once I decide that is either my child's identity or that is my identity, then there is no room for growth, for transformation. Uh, there is no space to honor that there is a me that is larger than my mistakes. There is a me that is not only larger than my mistakes, but even larger than what has been done to me 
and what has been placed on me. That those things hurt me, they affect me, but they are not me. So when we think about trauma as uh, a force that disconnects us from ourselves, an important way to understand it is the trauma affected me, but it does not define me. The heartache affected me, but it does not define me. My mistakes affect me, and many of us are living with consequences of those choices, and yet even with the consequences, that is not the totality of my identity. And when I get that in my spirit, not just in my mind, because it's not an intellectual exercise, intellectually, you understand that shame is not a good thing. So if it was just as good as like, as easy as flipping a switch and say, okay, don't feel shame, then like none of us would struggle with it. But the reality is uh, it becomes internalized. Uh, we are steeped in it and many uh, have had it for as long as you have been aware of yourself. We call it metacognition, how I think about thinking, right? So as long as I have been aware of who I am, that I have a self, uh, when you have had early experiences that were dishonoring, then that shame has been with you for years. And so it is not as easy. And I want you to get that. I'm not saying in 30 minutes now, you'll never have to deal with it again, right? Wouldn't that be lovely? But what we're doing is planting a seed and giving you the tools so you can continue to work at it and so that you can first recognize it. Because when I don't recognize it, I think that's just me. But if I can at least first get to the stage of recognizing I've been carrying shame and this shame is heavy and it has blocked my view of myself. I couldn't see me for all of this shame. I could not look over it, get around it. I could not move it to be able to look myself in the eyes, to be able to look at myself because all of this shame was standing in the way. And I want us to be mindful about not putting that on the next generation. If you are an auntie, uncle, parent, grandparent, uh, our words can sting. And children remember both what you said to them and how you treated them. They remember how you look at them because body language speaks. And even if you said, well, I didn't say anything harsh, your face said it. And many of us have, you like me, have some expressive faces. And that can get etched in, the, in stone in the mind of a child, not only with children, but in abusive relationships. You can remember the way some former partners looked at you. You can remember what they said and how they said it. You can remember the moments when you realized you did not matter to them. And those things can create shame or exacerbate the shame that already exists. And a part of the reason why things hurt so much when people say them is that it resonates with the parts of us that already believe it. 
right? So there are different domains of self-esteem. Um, you can have uh, intellectual self-esteem. You can have self-esteem around your social abilities, around your looks. So this is important because why? You may feel like, oh, I'm pretty confident in school, but I never felt attractive. Or you might say, I always really felt like I was attractive, but I didn't feel smart, right? So there are different domains of self-esteem. And as a result of that, if someone says something insulting to me, that does not resonate with the truth I know about myself is not going to sting as much, right? So I pretty much did well uh, in school growing up. And so, you know, if someone just were to say to me, oh, you're just not that bright, that's not going to really hook on me because I don't believe it, right? Um, but then there are other areas of self-worth where I question and struggle within myself. So then if someone says something that hooks in there, it resonates and it multiplies the experience of the shame. So even as you consider the ways that shame has been placed on you, uh, you want to start to think about what are the messages I internalized? Uh, internalized is when I start to believe the lies I've been told about myself. It's not, it's, it's, it's bad enough they said it, but the real trick is now I believe it. Now I, be, now look, they're gone. They, some of them are not even living anymore. And I'm walking around with that script and I believe it. And so it requires resisting those internalized messages that uh, it, the, the person or the circumstance may not be current, but the recording is still going in your mind. So when I, at my core, feel something is wrong with me, uh, feel like I am unworthy or I'm dirty or I'm broken or I'm no good, I'm no count, I am powerless. When I have these thoughts about myself, that's the shame speaking. And many who are trauma survivors have shame as a result of self-blame. So you are holding yourself responsible for things that you didn't even do. Like it's one thing for me to try to shake off the shame for the stuff I did do, right? Right, so there are things, yes, I that was terrible. Oh my God, I should not have done that. And I wanna learn the lesson. I don't wanna repeat it. And I wanna release the shame. And there's a whole nother level about the ways I have held myself responsible for other people's behavior. The ways in which I have blamed myself for other people's mistreatment of me. And so you want to start to think about what we call uh, cognitive distortions. So my thought is off. For example, uh, working with sexual assault survivors and um, spirituality is a way that some people cope. Um, and one survivor uh, was saying to me that she, and this is from a, a research study. So um, uh, anyway, she was saying, um, I pray to God to forgive me for not being a virgin anymore. And that was how she was praying about, she's an adolescent, praying about the sexual assault. 
So the prayer is based in, rooted in a cognitive distortion where it is all about her uh, being terrible. And God, please don't think terribly of me and please don't reject me about what other people have done, right? So you want to think about, and I'll tell you what that's all about. Um, we don't like to feel powerless. None of us like to feel powerless. So when I replay experiences in my life, I, I will think about what I could have, should have done differently uh, and have no responsibility placed or accountability placed on the person who mistreated me. Uh, then it all just becomes, why did I? Why was I there? Why did, why did they choose me? What is wrong with me? Why did I freeze? Why, why, why about me? And some people will even say, oh, um, I'm uh, carrying that shame. And then when you talk about what they're ashamed of, uh, it is shame for what other people have said and done, the ways that other people have ridiculed them and mistreated them. So I want you to say, I want you to take sacred pause and say, I'm willing to carry my baggage, right? I'm willing to be accountable for the things I have done. And on this day, I'm not going to keep carrying baggage that is not mine. I am going to stop putting the weight of responsibility on 10-year-old me, on 5-year-old me, on 15-year-old me, on 22-year-old me, for some of you, you know, 44-year-old me, whatever that is, those moments where you were discarded, disrespected, abandoned, violated, that's not your weight to carry. And so I will no longer hold myself responsible for other people's behavior. Oh, can you breathe right there? Just breathe. Mm -hmm. I will no longer hold myself responsible for other people's addiction, for other people's mental illness, for other people's treatment of me. I will no longer hold myself responsible for other people, other adult people. Yes? So as we breathe into that and recognize that I uh, can see the ways in which shame has kept me from being comfortable in my own body, being comfortable in my own skin, being at home within myself. And because of the shame, I have chosen environments and people and jobs that do not reflect my true identity. I have chosen because I don't see me. And so I want you in this season to grab a mirror and look at you. And some of us can't even look at ourselves. You can't look. I want you to hold your own eye contact. We worried about, you know, do people disrespect me and don't look at me? At work, they didn't look at me. Or, you know, my friend, I know she was lying because she wouldn't look at me. Can you look at you? Can you look at you? And I'll say start small. 
If it's hard for you, just give a glance. You can just glance. But want you to work up to being able to hold your own eye contact, to really see yourself, to see yourself with eyes of compassion, to see yourself with grace, to see yourself in truth. Not just seeing the mistakes, not just seeing the mistreatment, but seeing the soul. Mm. Who you are on the inside. Who you are on the inside. Can you sit with you? Can you? Some of us aren't ready to come home. Can you visit you today? Just visit. Let's do a visitation. Just be at home within yourself for a few minutes. You know, just a few minutes, not thinking about other people, not critiquing, not evaluating, but really visiting, visiting you, stopping by. Stop by and stay for a while. <laughs> stay for a while before you distract yourself with a new thought. Stay for a while, eye to eye, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. So there is one uh, healing ritual uh, that has been taught, and it consists of just four sentences. And I want to offer that to you today as we start to shed the shame. And the first one is, I love you. I love you. And uh, although I do in the cosmic sense, it's not uh, Dr. Tama saying that to you. I want you to say that to yourself. I want you uh, to say, and here's what I have discovered. I, I want to actually interrupt this to say, uh, psychologists have found with research um, that when we say affirmations we don't believe, it makes us feel worse. So I don't want you to say what you think is a lie. So if it does not feel like truth, you can instead say to yourself, I'm learning to love me. I'm learning to love me. I want to love me. I want to love me. I am leaning into love for of myself. I'm not fully there yet, but I'm leaning in the direction of loving myself. I'm walking toward me, and I am trying to love what I see. Ooh. I'm walking toward me, and I'm trying to love what I see. I am choosing to love me, including my imperfections, that I don't have to be perfect to love me. I can tell myself the truth about myself and still love me. And when you begin to love yourself, it will shatter, it will shatter, it will shatter that shame because the shame has blocked you from loving you. And so you all heard the phrase, uh, love wins. So love is going to win this battle. My self-love, my self-love can knock out this shame. Because guess what? They cannot fully coexist. I cannot at my core love me and believe I am unlovable. To love me, 
to even lean into loving me is to risk believing I am worthy and capable of my own love. Of before we were even dealing with somebody else, of my own love, of my own love. So we start with, I love me and I am leaning toward or working toward loving me. The next one is, I'm sorry. What do you need to apologize to yourself for? Oh, I'm sorry I took me over there. I'm sorry that I said yes to that. Oh, I'm so sorry that I put you in that circumstance. I'm sorry I did not speak up for you. I'm sorry that I didn't think you were good enough. I'm sorry, right? You owe you an apology. Huh. You owe yourself an apology. I apologize for the ways I have neglected this temple, this body. I apologize for the times I stayed in environments that were not good for me. I apologize for holding on to the lie so long that I was not enough. I apologize to myself, to myself. Sorry about what I took in and what I gave out. (laughs) Sorry about what I said and didn't say. I apologize to me. And it's not uh, to weigh myself down in shame because then the next step is, please forgive me. Please forgive me. So I don't list all of the things I have done to myself to just beat myself up. I acknowledge it so I can lay it down. I acknowledge it because it's been functioning. It's been working in your unconscious, your subconscious, even when you weren't aware of it. So I bring it to light. I look at it. It's like, oh, that's why I've been mad at me. That's why I've been holding myself back. That's why I've been living like that. That's why. So I see it. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And on today, can you forgive yourself? And can I tell you what will help you forgive yourself? We get compassion when you look at the context and look at your history. The choices that you made make sense given your life before that moment. Sometimes we're like, what was I thinking? Or what? why would I do that? Well, if you told me enough about your life, what you chose or what you thought really makes sense. It's not so uh, unbelievable given the ways in which life set you up for that decision. Now, you still had a choice. However, there were the choices don't happen in a vacuum. So what was it in your life experience that led to that moment? And when I can see that, now I'm looking at myself through the eyes of God. For those who believe in a higher power, let me say that. Uh, The notion of God is God uh, is omniscient, knows everything. So then uh, if God knows everything about me, 
then God won't be like people who just look at a moment in isolation and define me by that moment. God knows the moment before the moment, before the moment, before the moment, the year before that moment, the months before that moment. God knows. And so uh, forgiveness, forgiveness on today, if you can take that in, then that will start to push out, shed, scatter the shame. For the things that are yours to forgive. Let me reiterate that. So this is not you forgiving yourself for what other people did. That's not it. But the things that I know my role in, the things that I recognize um, were ways I deserved myself, ways I neglected myself. And then we come full circle to come back to I love you. Coming back to, I love you. And so I want you on today to imagine if I loved me, what would be different? If I loved me, if I loved me, what would I do differently? How would I speak differently? How would I relate to people differently? What would be different? If I could receive this love and this and give myself grace, give myself forgiveness, give myself compassion. If I take that in, what would be different? And as you picture that on today, I want to tell you there is more to you than meets the eye. There is more to you than what you did. There is more to you than what was done to you. You are a living soul. And so after all you have endured, let today be the day. Your soul says to your heart, mind, body, spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.